0: Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT in today's spotlight on the Navy Midshipmen and head coach Ken Niamatololo, the longest tenured coach in the American Athletic Conference. Ken, I wanted to start with looking back on this past season and how you gauge it. What would be your analysis of it now that you've had some time to look back?
1: Well, you know, you know, good and bad, you know, like most seasons ups and down, I thought, you know, um accomplished a lot of big things, winning the West, beating Houston and Notre Dame were definitely highlights uh for us. Uh the end of the season was not good for us and uh, you know, we had some injuries later in the year, especially in our championship game. Uh, you know, we had forced the offensive starters, you know, heavy contributors get hurt that game and guys got hurt through the year. Just, I guess my assessment of the season is just going back and looking at uh, some of our injuries that happened. If there are things that we can prevent? Is there things in our practice structure, things in our strength program, things with our equipment, uh, things in our practice surface, you know, just all those things, you know, injuries are part of the, the game. But I'm I, I'm not satisfied with that. You know, I'm not just going to walk got injured, I Just trying to figure out how we can stay healthier, you know, during the year. I, I felt really good going into our last game, uh, the championship game against Temple, and you know, we had some, you know, we had some injuries that uh, some of them were kind of fluke, but just seeing how we can either prevent it. Get better at that. You know, those are my thoughts. Just, I, I thought we started strong. Uh, we didn't finish. I mean, I thought we, yeah, we started strong, but we didn't finish strong. So, a lot of that was due to injuries and trying to figure out why that was.
0: When you look at the injuries that that ended up happening to this team, I mean, very few teams, I think, in the country, in the same game, you know, same play time, same part of the game, so to speak, where their quarterback their starting quarterback and their and one of their starting running backs goes down in the case with you with Willworth and Antonio Gully how much of a freak situation is that for you to see your starting quarterback, your starting running back both on crutches both standing next to each other on the sideline uh think coaching enough you know, 27 years and I you know, never seen that happen and
1: and Daryl Bonner who doesn't start but as a major contributor got hurt the series before that you know he's probably been our our biggest play a back this whole year and then we lose um tyler carmona who's probably been our our best blocking wide out and obviously we're a running team he's had a lot of big plays him get hurt it it was just bizarre you know just like wow are you kidding me just uh one after another and and so you know at first, you take it for as bizarre as you know might have been freak accidents, but then you kind of as the seasons over, you try to look back at some certain factors or see if there's things that you could have done to help minimize those injuries
0: to look <laughs> to look back on you brought up the championship game for the American Athletic Conference. It was the first time that Navy got to be in this American Athletic Conference football championship game. There's only been two of them. Temple has been in both. A Houston defeated Temple last season, and that, or two seasons ago, I should say, and then this past season you got to go up against Temple. What was it in this game that, I mean, obviously the injuries to Tony O'Galley and Will Worth, obviously that affects things, but what can you say about the game because it, it felt... From the outside looking in, for me, it felt very un-Navy of a game, so to speak. It felt very, you know, it, it didn't look like a typical Navy uh, participation in a game. It didn't look like what I'm used to seeing from the midshipmen. So can you expand on that a little bit, that that type of motif, so to speak?
1: No, that's a great question, Dan. I don't know, you know, I look back at that too, uh, you know, prior to the injuries, definitely temple was out playing us playing more physical and we're normally a physical team uh we had some uh misassignments on offense that we hadn't really done all year i don't know if there was a pressure of the the game or whatever the case may be but it's uh it's a great question i don't know um those are the kind of things as a coach in, in offseason you try to think you know um you know, we lost, but why did we lose? We, we didn't we didn't play as well as we played, you know, really up until that game, we played a lot of good games. We came off really probably our best, off, uh, one of our better performances against SMU. Um, I don't know if we're reading too much of our press clippings or whatever. I, I don't know, Dan, it just, but you're exactly right. We didn't play as well. A lot of it is them, they played well, we didn't. You gotta give Temple all the credit. But those are some factors, and the one thing I, you know, try to the silver lining as I look at is, we lost in the Western uh, Division Finals last uh, two years ago against Houston, and we were able to win the West Side this year and lose in a Conference Championship. So maybe this year we'll be able to take it to a step further. You know, that's the goal. Hopefully, we can finish and hopefully get there and finish.
0: Speaking here with Kenny Yamatalolo, the head coach of Navy football, Ken, this. This Navy team, this, this football program, had been on its own. It's been independent for over 100 years. What can you say about you know the decision of, of becoming part of the American Athletic Conference? And I know it's football only, but when you look at the fact that Navy has been independent for so long and then now it's a part of a conference, what has that meant to you now that you've been able to spend some time inside of the American Athletic?
1: Uh, It's the best decision that our program has ever made. The timing was right with all the the change in landscape of college football and college sports, with the realignment of conferences. It was definitely the right move for us. And we got into the perfect conference for us. It's given us great uh, exposure in all those media markets that have been really good to us, whether it's Houston and Dallas, you know, Orlando, uh, Connecticut. Uh, you know, UConn, uh, um, Tennessee and Memphis, Ohio, I mean, and I'm just rattling off the top of my head, you know, Tampa, I mean, just in all the places that we play, um, it's been really good from an exposure standpoint, it's helped us in recruiting, and we feel like we've been a successful program for, you know, 15 years or so, and, you know, we've been to 13 bowl games in 14 years, we feel like we've been a successful team, but I think coming into a conference has just allowed us to be, get more recognition, and I've used this analogy before, I just felt like we were, we were a good band, and we, you know, we had good music, but until we joined the conference, nobody really heard us play, I mean, we were we playing music in our garage, so to speak, and we got into bigger venues, you know, people to see what we do. So I think it's really helped us from an exposure standpoint And it's been the best decision that you know, we've made
0: When you look at making this decision to be a part of the American Athletic you made the decision to Be a part of Navy football. You've continued year in and year out to make that decision This past off season, as well as is in the past obviously when you're a coach and you do something well You're going to be brought up when there's vacancies elsewhere. Your name was was thrown around in a lot of different areas, different places, different vacancies in college football. How do you respond to all that? Was there there ever a moment for you where you thought, maybe I should test myself and and test the waters of a new place? Or did you always just feel like it was all speak and you were going to be with Navy and this is where you want to be?
1: No, there are some people, you know, there's, like you said, part of being successful as your staff and program successful, I mean, uh, there's there's interest and I you know, hopefully there's will always be interest because that means we're doing well. It doesn't mean you're always gonna leave. I've been here, you know, twenty years. You know, there's some interest this year by by certain schools and I you know, I actually looked at Cal but um you know, it's, and I've told this to recruits, and people in my players know this, you know, first and foremost, I'm a father and a husband, and I'm always gonna, you know, you know do what's right for my family. So if there's an opportunity that I think it's worth looking into, I will. But I have a great job here, and I love where I'm at, I love working here. So, you know, if it's not right, or, you know, on both sides, or if it's not the right place to fit, you know, obviously I'm not going to, I'm not looking to go anywhere, I'm not out there, um you know, I'm uh, trying to get a job. I mean, I love where I'm at, but who knows if the right opportunity comes. You, you never know. But I've, And this this is the same talk that I give recruits. You know, I give it to them this offseason. With that said, I've still been here 20 years, you know, because, you know, parents always ask that, are you going to be here? And I just tell them, I don't know. And you know, I plan on being here. Hopefully I don't get fired. And when this opportunity comes up, it might be better for my family. I'll look into it. And fortunately, I'm still here.
0: When you say that some of the schools, you know, obviously reached out to you, and, and Cal was a thought, how much of a thought was that, and and what kind of put them on your mind? Even though you know you've you've loved what you've done at Navy, and you've loved what you built here, and you're here at Navy right now, what was it about Cal that you know kind of maybe specifically stuck out to you, at least for the time when you were looking at you know your family, your future, and whatnot? Um, you know, just, you know, obviously it's a great academic institution. Um,
1: you know, I'm, I'm, you know, originally from Hawaii and got a lot of family on the West Coast. Got a sister that lives, you know, in the Bay Area, her family. So, you know, those, you know, those are some factors just, you know, as I looked at it. Um, you know, sometimes you, uh, you look at it too, just, because, you know, the, the the schools, the other schools that have shown interest in the past, there have been some Power Five schools. So it's not all about just, you know, guys while always looking to go to a Power Five school. And I've had opportunities and looked at other Power Five schools and, you know, I love where I'm at. So it's gonna take something really, really great for me to leave here. I love the guys I coach, I love living in Annapolis, it's been a great place to raise my family. Um, but, you know, yeah, those are, the, those are the reasons that, you know, struck my interest, just, you know, from an academia standpoint, you know, just, um, you know, top caliber student athletes, uh, being in the area that I have family, you know, those are probably the biggest reasons.
0: When you look at this job, and you and I have discussed this before to some length, Navy is being a full-time student. Navy is being a full-time athlete, but Navy is also a commitment to your country that goes above and beyond to what you can argue is an even more important job where student-athletes all around the country are doing two full-time jobs, and at Navy you're doing three, essentially, or maybe it even feels like four with the weight that you have with being connected to the Naval Academy. So what can you say about how different it is and, and does that affect your recruiting and does it affect who you recruit and how you recruit, knowing that there is this other component that is so rich in the history of America as well as such a huge honor to be a part of.
1: Um it's it's definitely um a big thing here. You know, it's definitely affects your recruiting because when you come here, it's more than football. It's more than your degree. Uh, It's about, you know, a commitment to serve your country. Uh, And it's gonna affect the rest of your life. And so it comes up in recruiting. We don't hide from it. You know, we are who we are. This is the United States Naval Academy. And so, um, you know, it's it's a major part of what the school's about. We're into developing leaders for our country. You know, young men and young women for our country. And the military the academic, and the physical part of it, the physical mission, which in our case is football, all of those play a factor in developing these young men, you know, to eventually serve our country. And so I take that job seriously, and I really believe that as we do that, we'll also prepare guys to be really good football players because accountability, toughness, discipline, attention to detail, Selflessness, learning how to work with the team—I mean, all of those attributes of a person serving in the military are the same attributes of a, a great teammate and somebody that you know is on a great football team.
0: Speaking here with Kenny Amatololo, the head coach of Navy's football program, how does it affect your coaching? When, you know, there's some programs that say, hey, we're going to spend some time on a military base or we're going to have these people come in or we're going to talk with this group, we're going to talk with the Air Force, we're going to talk with, you know, the Army, we're going to talk with the Navy and whatnot. We want to try and build some leadership or maybe we need somebody to light the fire under these young men so we're going to bring somebody in. You could just call somebody from two doors down or say, hey, we need to – I mean, it's it's a different – it's definitely a different animal to be at Navy and to have that type of leadership around you, those morals and those values. So how do you use that to your advantage, and does it affect how you coach at all?
1: Oh, I definitely use it to our advantage. Because you know, like you said, you see all the time where people bring in military people and help them with their training, but that's a way of life for us. You know, that's what these guys do. You know, I heard a coach say before that And their camp, you know, is the the toughest camp uh, in the history of college football. And I just, honestly, I just kind of chuckled at it. You know what I mean? It's like, this guy has no clue. Uh, You know what I mean? Because I know our football practice. I've been to a lot of practices. I put our practice up against anybody. And on top of that, you got the other stuff. You know, you can say that you got the toughest practice, but then those guys go get you know personal massages or they got shakes waiting for them as they leave practice. Uh, you know, and they got different things that they c- can do and you know they got all the you know nutrition places uh, that you get at these places, you know and and they're going back to their apartments. And so for us, you know that part of practice is tough it's just the beginning, you know what I mean, and then you got the other side of it of going to school here, so I know it's tough to go to school here. And if you're able to survive that, and to adapt, and to be able to do all the things that that are required here, from going to school, your military uh, responsibilities, and playing divisional football, I know you're gonna be one tough sucker, and, and, and that's what's helped our program. That's what's allowed us to survive against people that really, from a physical standpoint, we have no business playing against. But because of the other stuff, because of how mentally tough we are, It gives us a chance to compete
0: against those guys. Ken, when you look at this conference of the American Athletic and you look at turnover and change and and being prepared for the seasons to come, Phil Montgomery over in Tulsa will be going into his third season. Mike Norvell, his second at Memphis. Houston with Major Applewhite, he was on the staff, but he's the new head coach. SMU Chad Morris is going into his second. Willie Fritz is going into his or, or pardon me, uh, Chad Chad Morris will be going into his third. Willie Fritz will be going into his second at Tulane. Temple has a new head coach in Jeff Collins. South Florida has a new in Charlie Strong. Central Florida has Scott Frost in his second year. In Cincinnati, we're looking at another a new head coach for this conference. East Carolina, Scotty Montgomery will be in his second. And UConn, we have another new head coach that will be going into his first. How hard is that? for you to prepare for that there, especially this offseason was so much so much turnover with you're looking at almost half the conference was switching switching people switching faces switching maybe philosophies what does that do for a coach that has to go up against that every year
1: well we feel like you know you try to build a library of of information for your opponents, you know, and just try to see the history of information that you have to help prepare yourself. And obviously, you know, you got to throw a lot of that out of the window for, especially for the new coaches. But also, I feel like it helps us too because you, you play against guys. Uh, so we got new staffs coming in. So they're starting from scratch against playing against us, you know, so it kind of works both ways. But, you know, I definitely thought of what you saw. I mean, in my first AAC meeting three years ago, I will be the only guy left on that original meeting that I was in. You know, and the original meeting I was in, June Jones was there, Coach O'Leary, Coach Dupperville, Coach Blankenship from Tulsa. I mean, it's just, and, you know, the, 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 and those are just some of the guys I mentioned, but it's, it's all changed. I mean, it's, I, I, will, I will be the only guy from a, a meeting three years ago in that staff, in that meeting that, would be the same guy everybody would have changed, whether guys have moved on to other jobs or, you know, guys got let go.
0: So when you see that and you see, you know, like Luke Fickle for Cincinnati, Randy Etzel, UConn, uh, you know, and and you see all this this other changeover, like you said, it could be good for you because they haven't seen you necessarily. Could be good for them for the same reason. But like you said, from that first meeting, you're going to be the only one left over. What is What does that tell you? Because to me, the American Athletic Conference doesn't get the respect that it deserves. I know that Mike Oresco, the commissioner, always talks about a power six and not a power five. And look at what we've done on the field and in the classroom and on the courts and, and how we handle ourselves and how, you know, the morals and values that we have and, and how our athletes aren't supposed to win this, these games on paper, but they do. You know, when you look at this conference, I think that. The fact that there's a lot of poaching, that there was potential wanting to take physical teams and universities and colleges and put them in other conferences this past off season. and now, well, we can't take the team, so we'll take the coach. You know, when you when you see that happening, is it not kind of a backhanded compliment of you have really high talent coaching and playing wise so you know, I mean, is is it kind of one of those things that you look at it and say it's backhanded because it is a compliment to what we're accomplishing? Yet there is that poaching that goes on and, and inevitably went on this past off season.
1: Oh, I think so. I, I definitely, you definitely recognize that. People recognize that our conference is a good conference. That there are really good coaches. They're good players. Good programs. And, you know, to see, you know, Willie go to Oregon, Matt go to Baylor, you know, and I also see Tom go to Texas. I mean, it's, I mean, those are three of the better programs in the country. And, you know, for them to come take guys from our conference, um, you, know, you know, nobody makes those decisions lightly. I mean, those are you know, schools going through major transition periods. And, you know, that was with much, um, deliberation and thoughtfulness and and you know as far as who the next guy is going to be to you know, hopefully lead their program back into the promised land so to speak and so you know when they come and hire three you know three really good coaches from our league like you said it just shows that those guys recognize that you know we got good we got good coaches in our league and we got good programs
0: what do you think it it does for the conference itself does it ever make you fearful or concerned that this conference doesn't always get the respect that it deserves but inevitably, you know, the better coaches do, you know, that that a Power 5 will say, "Hey, you know, come coach for us. We have a vacancy. We have an opportunity." Do you ever get concerned of the future of the conference or do you feel that no matter what happens and what has happened, the strength of this conference will be able to find its way through, so to speak?
1: Yeah, I don't know, Dan. I mean, you know, just, um, you know, you just try to get your program as good as you can be, you try to get ready for your schedule and try to be as good a football program as you can be, but, you know, they, you know, when you look at the whole landscape of how college football is and where it's going, you know, you, you never know, you know what I mean, especially when you're a mid-major, you're in your group of five school, you know what I mean, you try your best, feel like we have good programs, but... I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what that means for the future of our program. We know it's a really good program right now. we still got a lot of good coaches in our league, a lot of good players, good programs, and just hopefully we can continue to stay strong and keep pressing forward.
0: And before I let you go in closing here, Ken, two things. The first one, when, when you go into these schools and go into these homes when you're on the recruiting trail and your staff does the same. You said that being in the American Athletic has helped to open some doors that maybe weren't there before. So what can you say to that effect? What doors have been opened? Do you feel that different states are open now or you know maybe somebody you couldn't get to or a place in the country is more open you know kind of firstly with that and that when you walk through the door how do you feel you are welcomed in at this point?
1: I just think the exposure, and just people recognize us. They've seen us play, you know, they've seen us on TV, you know, they've seen the big games that we played, playing Houston or whatever. I just think that people recognize our conference is a good conference because they've seen people in our conference, you know, be good people. You know, Houston being Oklahoma early on, I mean, just there's a lot of, you know, uh, you know, guys doing good things in our, in our league. And people see that. And so when we go out there now and go into homes, um, it is good to see and know that people recognize uh, Navy football, that we're not just a great academic leadership institution, you know, the premier leadership institution in the country. We're also a school that plays really good football. And a lot of that people have come to recognize by us being in this conference.
0: And then lastly, a two-parter, the first one with your offense. The way that you run your offense, it's been said by the outside looking in, there is no better triple option. There is no better offense that style run in the rest of the country. How do you respond to something like that? And then secondly, personally for you, what is your mission statement, not just as a coach but as a person in the community? Well, I think, number one,
1: you know, I think uh, Ivan Jasper, our offensive coordinator and the offensive staff, are as good as anybody in the country. Our staff's been together for many years. Uh and I think they do a really, really good job. And, you know, we when we you know, we feel confident in what we do. We've been doing it a long time. We feel like, you know, we've seen pretty much everything that people can do to us and um you know, where we just feel like what we do works. It's been a great system for us. And, you know, like I said, I think Ivan and staff, definitely uh, besides the players, obviously, who, who should garner the most uh, accolades for that, but Coach Jasmine, offense staff, has done a great job. And really my mission statement for our program, our, our program goals are always the same every year. And or the why for us is to develop young men of character and leadership. That's the why of our football program. And I think when you keep your why clear and your why is exactly, it's clearly defined for everybody in your program, from the head coach to the coaches, staff members, players, uh, equipment, just everybody, strength staff, uh, medical, video. Uh, when they recognize that's your goal, then you don't lower your standards and you're not just winning to win games. It's not all about winning Yes, it's about winning, but more importantly, It's about winning the right way And that's our program goal is to develop young men of character and leadership
0: Well, Ken as always, you know, I appreciate your time. I appreciate everything that you do I think I told you this before but you know having family that was in the Navy my grandfather right in my studio over my left shoulder every single show is his <coughs> Naval Academy hat and it has TA Cavino etched right inside of that. It's meant a lot to me my entire life and I think coming full circle, having him pass away when I was six years old and you know being able to talk with you now, I just want to personally thank you because I feel like in some way I'm paying tribute to what he's done and so it means a lot to me to be able to talk with you today.
1: Appreciate it. Man. Glad in some way that could help that, and
0: you know, grateful for your grandfather's service and, and Thank you. Thanks, Dan. All right, I'll talk with you soon. All right, brother. Take care. Bye bye.